0: It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome one, welcome more, welcome all to a brand new edition of everybody's favorite, podcast, Random thoughts and best regards. He used to reside in the 5-2. Now he spends his time at the truly beautiful intersection of smart and stupid. Some call him the handsome one. You know him, you love him. He's the voice of reason, to right, show of hands. Who's already done some Christmas decorating? That's right, you know, Towd's ds hand is up. I've already started the festivities and started putting up some holiday decorations. How about you? Welcome, welcome, welcome into another edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards, and I am thrilled to be back. Took a little two-week break, uh, and... Again, just excited and elated to be back here with you. I thank you all for joining us this week. And what a wild week it's been uh, in the world of professional sports, and not necessarily in a good way, in a very toxic way. It has been like a toxic tsunami in the world of professional sports while I've been away. Um, You've got the situation with the Chicago Blackhawks, um, the allegations of, of sexual abuse, by a former uh, video coordinator to a a young prospect. Um, Gary Bettman gave a weak, half-hearted attempt at explaining. Commissioner Gary Bettman gave a weak, half-hearted attempt at explaining the situation and the NHL's culpability with it uh, this past week. Um, And we're going to see where this story goes. There's a lot of people calling for you know down to they're calling for action they're calling for certain names being removed off the Stanley Cup from the from the uh the Blackhawks championship run uh there's a lot here to this story Gary Bettman and the league is trying to sweep it under the rug I don't think they're going to be able to uh I truthfully don't um we've got the situation in the NFL we've got two big situations uh in the NFL uh Henry Ruggs the former wide receiver of the Los Angeles, or uh, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders, had a blood alcohol level two hours after a crash. Had a blood alcohol level of 0. 0.161, over double the legal limit in Nevada. Crashed into a woman going up, estimated 156 miles an hour. Crashed into her from behind, killed her. Um, he's since been released from the Raiders, and um, you know you just. So much here. There's, of course, the loss of the life for the innocent person uh, in, in the car. And then, you know, you have the young NFL prospect, uh, Henry Ruggs, who um, just didn't use good judgment. You know, he's a young guy, just didn't use good judgment. And, and here, here we are in a life-altering situation for him. Um, you know, it's like that saying, uh, be safe, and when you can't be safe, Be careful. Uh, and unfortunately, Ruggs was neither of those this past week. And his life is about to drastically change. Uh, and it's a very, very sad situation. Then um, you've got the situation in Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers always thinks he's the smartest person in the league. Smartest person in the room. He deceived the NFL. He deceived his team. He led people on, saying that he was immune to COVID-19, which led many people to think he was vaccinated. Of course, he was playing the semantics, and he'll be the first one to point it out to you. He never said he was vaccinated, but he alluded as if he was, and he misled a lot of people, and he did not follow NFL protocols. And we will talk later on in this show about the lousy human being, essentially, Aaron Rodgers is, um, and how I'm really hoping the league takes action. I'm sure they won't, but I'm hoping the league takes action against him. And we have the situation with the NBA and the Phoenix Suns, which feels all too familiar to the Sterling situation with the Los Angeles Clippers a few years ago. And I'm actually surprised that this story has not picked up more heat. Um, But I want to take my time and go through the whole thing and I'll probably talk about it more in depth on next week's show. I won't get it, I won't, I will tell you right now, I won't get to the story on this week's episode. I hope to get to it to next week's episode. Um, But you have a situation where the owner of the Phoenix Suns used improper language ...mistreated employees... ...and again... ...very similar... ...to the situation with the Clippers... ...a few years ago... Uh, ...there was a report done... ...by ESPN... ...and put out this week... ...where over 70 former employees... ...of the Phoenix Suns... ...were questioned... ...told their stories... ...and again all had very similar stories, very similar tales, um, so, again, it gives you that feeling where there's smoke, there's fire, when that many people are saying something, it lends to truth, right, it lends to truth, even if it's not absolute, it lends to, to truth and possibility, um, so, again, I will dig deeper into this story this week, and we will talk more about it, on. next week's episode, um, but again, all the major sports, right, all the major sports are just showing toxic behavior, and it makes you wonder, we all love sport, right, we all love professional sports, we all love cheering for our teams, we all sometimes put people on pedestals they don't deserve to be on, but when you see a week like this, where it's just like a toxic tsunami in professional sports, it makes you wonder why right makes you wonder why we're giving these people so much praise and so much power because you know what then they just turn out to be assholes like Aaron Rodgers when you give them that much they don't know how to handle it and they just turn into asses or you know we we think that there's something that they're not um they're human every human is 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 flawed every human makes mistakes and nobody's nobody's arguing that point um, but again, you know we have this propensity to put athletes and you know professional sports on such a higher level, and this was just a shitty week for professional sports, and there was so much toxic behavior that was brought to light. It's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. I've got a great show for you this week. Again, two weeks off. I'm excited to be back. I'm happy to be back. I'm going to talk more about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I'm going to talk about the situation in Houston, Texas at a concert where eight people lost their lives. I'm going to provide some insight that maybe not everybody else may have, Um, but being in the concert industry, um, being in the field that I'm in, I'm going to talk a little bit about the situation, how it went down, and what possibly could have been done uh, to avoid the loss of life and the mass injuries um that took place at that concert we'll talk about all that and more coming up in this week's episode really it's a great show we're thrilled to be back so stick and stay don't go anywhere random thoughts and best regards we'll be right back in just a short short all right right now on random thoughts and best regards i want to talk a little bit about what took place at the astral world rap concert this past friday in houston texas um a very tragic and preventable situation, and of course I feel as if I may have some unique insight that I can help provide, um, to a live concert environment and a live concert setting, so I wanted to go ahead and talk about this a little bit on the show, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, credit the Houston Chronicle, uh, for this article, but let me go ahead and, uh, kind of set the table for what happened, I'm gonna read you a little bit from this article in the Houston Chronicle, and then, um... I will provide some of my experience and insight and we'll talk about a little bit what went on Um, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing coming out of this and there's going to be a lot of people that have to answer some questions um and uh i think a lot of that starts with the fact that um travis scott continued performing the other night while this mass casualty event was going on so so let's kind of run through uh, this article a little bit, and then I'll give you some of my insights and thoughts. Um, for 37 minutes after Houston police and firefighters responded to a mass casualty event at a packed World rap concert where attendees were crushed against the stage Friday evening, Travis Scott continued performing. Police officials said the promoter Live Nation agreed to cut the show shortly after multiple people collapsed at 9.38 p.m., but concert attendees said Scott appeared to play his whole set and finished at 10.15 p.m. Concert staff ignored pleas from fans to halt the show, including some who climbed onto camera platforms to point out others who had collapsed and needed medical attention. A review of videos and social media posts that documented one of the deadliest concerts in U.S. history raises questions about the officials' timeline of events put forth by local officials, the swiftness of their response, and their ability to communicate effectively with concert promoters during the disaster. Houston Police Chief Troy Finner said he had enough officers on site to handle the crowd of 50,000, but he said he would have not abruptly ended the show for fear of sparking a riot his department could not control. I call bullshit there, but we'll get back to that in just a little bit. The delay restricted the movement of first responders, who were still transporting limp bodies when Scott finished his final song, Goosebumps. Eight people died, including 14 and 16-year-old high school students. Scores were injured. Saturday brought shock and mourning. Live Nation canceled the second day of the festival. Scott offered his condolences. That was very nice of him. Houston and Harris County officials defended their planning for the event but pledged a thorough investigation into what went wrong. The family of the the families of those who died and everybody affected deserve answers as to what took place last night, County Judge Linda Hidalgo said on Saturday. And that's why I'm calling for an objective, independent investigation as to what went on and how it could have been prevented or if this was a situation that was out of everybody's hands. I guarantee you it wasn't. Uh, Two veteran concert promoters of major shows, one with experience in Texas, said the plans and procedures between promoters, showrunners, and local officials outline exactly how to pull the plug on a show. I can tell you, yes, they do. Neither would comment publicly because Live Nation, the company that managed Astroworld, is a dominant force in the entertainment booking. completely can understand that. Uh, Often, a performer with a high energy and complex performance such as Scott would have a direct line to a producer or stage manager via an earpiece. The producer slash manager would be in constant contact and have the ability at practically any time to tell the performer what is going on and that the show is being abruptly halted. Uh, cancellation can come from a various or. Cancellation can come from various people along the process, ranging from the artists themselves to promoters and police. Stage crews can, in a matter of seconds if necessary, turn off all power to the stage and broadcast security and safety messages on video boards and over audio systems. Live Nation did not use the PA system or the video boards to broadcast any safety messages Friday evening, attendees said. Deep breath. And here we go. So, of course, you want to be delicate when discussing this situation and this topic because, again, eight people lost their lives, many still injured. Um, But... There, in my opinion, was a a lot of negligence that went on here, and I'm not quite sure why. And that is why we do need an investigation. We need to understand why certain things didn't happen. We need to understand why Travis Scott continued to perform for 37 minutes while first responders were trying to get in to help people who were injured. We have to understand why Travis Scott continued to perform. While people were climbing up onto the camera crews platforms to try to get help and attention. Um, And again, you always want to be being in the industry that I'm in. You you want to be delicate with the things that you say and, and, you know, how you point fingers. Um, All I could say is that from my experience, there are many, many ways to stop a concert. A lot of times from... A lighting standpoint your ld will have various looks programmed into their show uh, whether it be for an active shooter or whether it be for a fire or whether it be for a medical emergency or you know any type of a lot of times uh, a good ld will have a lot of those programmed into their show and those are immediate cues to the performers to stage management to everybody as to what is going on that is one of the quickest and most effective ways uh, to send a signal. Uh, also, like they said, for Travis Scott and his production manager, they're more than likely on headsets, earpieces. They could have very easily said to Scott, stop the show. Um, now, whether he initially listens or not, that, yeah, that is, you know, he could still continue to perform, not not fully understanding the gravity of the situation. And I think. I want to assume that maybe that's what took place here, that maybe Scott knew something was wrong, but didn't understand the gravity of it. Um, If he did understand the gravity of it and just wanted to finish his set, then that's a pretty shitty thing, right? But again, this is a week where we've seen some shitty people do some shitty things, so I guess nothing should really surprise us anymore. Um, But I'm going to throw Scott a slight life preserver here, saying maybe he didn't fully understand what was going on but there again that's when that falls on the promoter that's when that falls on stage management um you know there are many ways that they could have stopped that concert the easiest way to stop the concert is to just have the ld do a blackout and have your your a1 your audio person cut the mics you cut the mics and you black out the stage travis scott's going to know to stop whether he wants to or not he's going to know to stop so that's to me the most effective way to do it The other thing that that I can tell you is, yes, as as a a video operator, as a video switcher, uh, within a matter of minutes, seconds, you can get messages up on to the video boards. And a lot of times you have those slides saved, um, you know, in your computer or in your system that even if it takes a few minutes to go and grab them, you can quickly get them, you know, into your system and and up on the screen. That is a very effective way uh, to communicate uh, to large crowds like that. Uh, and again, the PA system, you had the PA system that you could have used, um, so there are a lot of things to look at here, uh, as far as the police chief, I called bullshit on it earlier, as far as the police chief saying that he had, you know, uh, police on hand to handle a crowd of 50,000 people, but, but not, didn't want to abruptly stop the show because he was afraid of a riot, um... What would you have done if there was an active shooter or what would you have done if there was a fire would you have allowed him to keep performing like i i don't that's not making a lot of sense to me and if anything that's showing me that there is a flawed system right like i'm not i'm not hammering the houston police department here but if we've learned nothing from that right it's that your system is flawed and that's not a good game plan and you probably should develop a better game plan going forward right like like this clearly showed that this was a a flawed system there were people injured and people in need of first responders and you were not able to get to them because you didn't have a procedure in place to stop a concert because you were fearful of a riot again what would you do if it was an active shooter what would you do if it was you know a fire or or, you know I, I don't I'm not buying that um, so I, I think if nothing else I think the Houston Police Department has learned that their system is flawed they need to look at at what they do going forward for, for large events like this um, then you have live nation and, and of course you know being in the industry that, that I'm in you want to choose your words carefully and, and, and you know think about the things that you say here but, uh, if nothing else, I, I think perhaps Live Nation has learned, or will learn, that their system is not up to standard. And perhaps even not up to industry standard. Because I can tell you, a lot of the things that I mentioned earlier are simply just industry standard on how to stop a show. Um, so the fact that this Astro World event, which was promoted by Live Nation went to none of these uh, standards is a bit odd and and a bit peculiar. So I think Live Nation needs to sit down and and figure out where they went wrong or what went wrong. Um, If if these are procedures that they have in place, then how come the trigger was never pulled on any of them? Why did Scott continue to perform for 37 minutes? Um, So Live Nation needs to figure out those things if Live Nation didn't have any of those in place then they need to look at that they need to look at why that's negligent if they didn't why they didn't have that in place and and how they now move forward uh, implementing those steps Um, and it's just really sad because in a lot of ways it's a preventable situation now I don't know if you stop the initial um wave of 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 people that's a crowd control thing so the initial push towards the stage and you know injuries happening I don't know if you completely prevent that but I do think it is plausible to think that you could have stopped further injury um by allowing by stopping the concert by allowing the police department and first responders to get in there more quickly to treat people to remove people from the situation um i I think that is definitely not a uh not a reasonable uh expectation right like if first responders can get in there and get to the people they need to get to, and police can hold the crowd at bay, you're going to probably have less injuries and and hopefully less casualties than we wound up having at this Astroworld event. But because a lot of procedures were not in place and things were not done properly from what it looks like, uh, you have casualties, you have injuries. Uh, Again, eight people lost their lives. Um, Multiple, multiple people injured. Um, You know, and, and then I think also the, you know, the event... Uh, needs to look at their crowd control. So there's a lot of things that, that need to be looked at, right? You, you, start at the, you start at the beginning. The initial thing is the crowd control, right? The wave of people pushing forward. Uh, that's what kind of causes the stampede of people getting crushed. Uh, so you need to look at that from a crowd control standpoint. You need to look at it from a uh, response standpoint with the police department and first responders. Um, you know, uh, the first responders, they can only, you know, they can only respond... As quickly as they're able to get through the crowd, so that's that's not on that's not on them. That's up to the police department and the you know the promoter of the show to 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 be able to clear a path to get to get the first responders through. Um, and then of course you know the promoter Live Nation uh, and, and as to why the show wasn't stopped and, and why Travis Scott continued to play for 37 minutes while there was a mass casualty event taking place again my concern and my thought process here is if this was a mass shooting or if this was a fire uh would he have continued to play would he have been allowed to continue to play so i don't really think i i think there's i don't think people really understood what was going on uh and the gravity of the situation and um There were a lot of mistakes made. Uh, And the only thing that I can say is you should always err on the side of caution. If you don't fully understand what the situation is, you should delay or stop the concert until you know exactly what is going on. You can always restart a show. Um, So if there's a situation where you don't fully understand what's going on and it's not as clear as a mass shooter or a fire... You should pause the show. You should stop the show. And again, there's many ways to do that. Um, I mean, also, a stagehand could just go and, and kill power on the rack. I mean, that was even mentioned in, in the article. There's There are so many simple ways to bring a show to a halt. Um, you can always, always restart a show. Um, so there's a lot of things procedurally that'll need to be looked at here, both from a promoter standpoint and, and from the police department standpoint of how we move forward in handling these types of situations at these large events and concerts. This, this. But again, it's just a, a terrible situation, a, a sad situation. Um, and, you know, eight people lost their lives. Uh, again, more people are injured. Hopefully nobody else, uh, you know, loses their lives. to this hopefully they're all stable and and, you know can make a full recovery from this uh but there were scores of people injured and eight people lost their lives at this Astro world concert this past friday in houston texas so just our thoughts and prayers are with the families of those affected and and those lost in this uh tragic event And, and hopefully moving forward we can get some better uh procedures in place to uh prevent incidents like this from happening in the future Alright, at the top of the show I had mentioned doing some holiday decorating and getting ready for all the festivities as we are now in the throes of the holiday season and Thanksgiving is right around the corner and I'm here to give you a PSA that your Thanksgiving dinner will be more expensive this year. That's right. Inflation will be the uninvited guest at this year's Thanksgiving. Um... Much like just normal everyday life, you go to the grocery store now, and things just seem to cost more money, right? You, I've gone done this several times, gone to the supermarket, have gotten a few things, and my bill, you know, my bill feels like I should have eight bags, and I'm walking out with two bags of, of stuff. Um, it's wild how disproportionate prices have gotten uh in the supermarkets and the grocery stores since this whole pandemic has gotten underway uh, and we're going to fill it this year with, with thanksgiving um turkey will be up this year uh it will average about a dollar 36 per pound uh, so you're looking if you're looking at about a 16 pound turkey you're looking at 22 for your turkey this year uh, again everything is up potatoes up Uh, 3.5%, biscuits up 4%, mixed vegetables up 4%, and apples, right? We all love apple pie Um, for Thanksgiving. Apples are up 8% right now. Um, Again, a lot of this is pointing back to the global supply chain and labor shortages. One way or the other, it is going to be an expensive Thanksgiving. Uh, they say that this will be the most expensive Thanksgiving uh, in history. Uh, if you compare it to last year, last year's was the cheapest Thanksgiving in a decade. Um, so we're really going to feel a big difference, right? Because of that, we had the cheapest Thanksgiving in a decade last year. And we're going to have the projections are we're going to have the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner ever this year um, because of the prices and the issues with the supply chain. What that tells you, right, it's a shop now. Uh, if you can, for certain things, I realize there are certain things you're going to have to wait till closer to the date for freshness, but for those things that you can freeze for those things that you can put, uh, you know, in your cupboard or your pantry for whatever, you should shop for those now, get ahead of the game a little bit because everybody's going to be going shopping at once and trying to get the same thing. So it's going to get a little chaotic. Um, they are saying that there is plenty of food in the supply chain, but go early uh, that is really the key to making this year's Thanksgiving dinner a bit smoother: is to go earlier. Uh, again, as I mentioned, turkey will be up. Uh, it's going to be at about a dollar thirty-six per pound. Potatoes are up three and a half percent. Biscuits up four percent. Mixed vegetables up four percent, and apples up a whopping eight percent. Um, so go. Do your shopping now. Kind of get ahead of the game. Take some of that stress away. This is this is all I'm trying to help you do. It's it's always going to be stressful anyway. Uh, you have stress and anxiety over the holidays. Financial issues always come into play when you're trying to plan your holidays and everything else. So so try to do yourself a little bit of a favor now. Take some of that pressure off and try to get some of your shopping done now, so that it's not as crazy for you over the next two weeks. Hi, I'm Dana, and you might remember me from such Random Thoughts and Best Regards episodes as the Great British Bake Off and explaining true crime. Todd is as handsome as they come and has a voice to match, and you're listening to Random Thoughts and Best Regards. Listen to in over a dozen countries on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Go listen, laugh. So at the top of the show, you heard me talk about a lot of the toxic things that went on this past week in professional sports, and of course we're going to talk about that more Later on in the next segment when I finally discuss uh, everything that went on with Aaron Rodgers at the Green Bay Packers this past week. But I think it's appropriate and I think now's a good time in the show to talk about some of the positive stuff that went on this weekend. And I think you have to look no further than Sunday night football uh, this past week in the NFL. And I think we need to be talking more about the Tennessee Titans than we actually have been. I've said before, I kind of felt like the Baltimore Ravens were flying a little bit under the radar and a lot of people weren't paying enough attention to the Baltimore Ravens. I definitely think that is true when it comes to the Tennessee Titans, who currently are sitting as the number one seed in the AFC and have had some dominant performances against big teams like the Bills, like the Chiefs, and on Sunday night against the la rams and here's the thing and this is why i think it's it's a positive thing and and why we really need to to talk about the titans this week going into this game a lot of people uh, felt that this was going to be an easy win for the rams right tennessee titans lost derrick henry last week to an injury possibly for the entire season we're not quite sure yet um But, you know, as soon as Derrick Henry went out, a lot of people thought, well, that's it for the Tennessee Titans. That is about 70% of their offense, right? And I mean, you can't argue, it would have been hard to argue that point before this weekend, right? I mean, Derrick Henry literally was about 70% of the Titans offense, um, had 937 yards already on the season uh, with 219 attempts and 10 touchdowns. There is no question that... Up until last week, Derrick Henry was the heart and soul of the Titans offense. But the Titans showed us this week that it's not a one-trick pony. That it's not all Derrick Henry. The Titans showed us this week that they have a really good defense. And they also showed us that Ryan Tannehill can manage the ball. He can manage the ball. He was 9 of 27 for 143 yards, one TD, one interception uh, against the Rams, and the Titans went on to win the game, 28 to 16 over the LA Rams this weekend, and what a lot of people would call, given the circumstances, again, missing Derrick Henry, a upset, Um, but I don't know if we should be calling it an upset, because again, the Titans, and, and credit Mike Vrabel for this, he had his team ready. I think there was definitely some emotion involved I think the Titans had heard all week long Everybody thinking their season was over uh, Everybody writing them off And so I I think there was some emotion And we'll have to see uh, as it plays out for them If it was just an emotional wave against the Rams Um, But boy, I'll tell you, right from the get-go Uh, This game was on the road in L.A. It was in SoFi Stadium. Uh, The Rams had Michael Buffer on hand to do his signature uh, let's get ready to rumble. And I love the attitude of the Titans because the Titans were like, nah, not today. They kicked the ball off before Buffer had even finished getting the line out. I mean, the Titans were all about business on Sunday night against the Rams, and it showed. And again, again, we need to be looking at them more Seriously, that defense played really, really well against this Rams team. They did the things that they needed to do. Um, they were all over the place. They forced two turnovers. Um, you know, they, they hurried Stafford. They made Stafford make bad mistakes. They were constantly pushing over the offensive line, getting in there. Um, you know, they just they really did a great job uh, pressuring the LA Rams and I, and I think we need to take this Titans defense more seriously and I think we need to take the Titans as a whole more seriously and you know credit to um the wide receiver core AJ Brown, Julio Jones doing a great job helping filling in for the loss of Derrick Henry again this was a predominantly running team but that didn't mean they don't have other tools and Ryan Tannehill again managed the game well got the ball to his wide receivers and you know the Titans won this game in a dominant fashion and they looked really good doing it and now again here comes the interesting thing right they're at seven and two they're the number one seed in the AFC they've got a three game lead in the AFC South and if you look at their schedule it is very winnable from here on out they are currently seven and two even without Derrick Henry, if they can continue to perform the way we saw them perform on Sunday night against the Rams, it is very winnable schedule. They will play three teams I think that will challenge them coming up. Possibly, uh, they'll play the New Orleans Saints next week. I do think Tennessee will win that game. Um, I think the Saints are, are still trying to figure out and adjust their quarterback situation. Um, That is what I think is a winnable game for the Titans. But who knows? We'll have to see the emotional wave of, of this week if they can carry that over against New Orleans. Then after that, they have the Steelers on the 19th of December. And, you know, Steelers are a tough team, but it's not like they've been tearing it up this year. And then they've got the San Francisco 49ers who have been up and down all season on December 23rd. The rest of the schedule quite honestly is cake for the titans so this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out and you go back and you think about it let's look at some of the wins that the titans have had already this season they had a win over the seahawks they had a win over the colts a win over the bills a win over the chiefs and a win over rams and what i think is important is you look at the three major contenders out of that group right The Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams. They all, those three games, the Titans didn't just eke by. The Titans more than handled those teams. Um, You know, yes, it will be interesting to see if they play the Bills again without Derrick Henry. Because in that game against Buffalo, Derrick Henry ran for what seemed like an endless infinity of yards. But I think he was somewhere near... 150 yards in that game in the chiefs game he had almost 100 yards um so you know uh no question that against those top afc teams they had derrick henry and he was a big impact in those games so it'd be curious to see how a rematch matched up come the playoffs if they don't have derrick henry um but again without derrick henry facing against the rams they looked impressive this past week and I think again with the way the schedule plays out for them I do think there's a lot of winnable games and you know coming into the season we weren't really talking about the Titans now when they made the Julio Jones trade we said okay that's interesting because they, they, they could be a top team in the AFC but we kind of then stopped talking about it. same thing like we kind of don't talk about the Baltimore Ravens everybody wants to talk about the Bills the Browns and the Chiefs that's who everybody's talking about. The Bills, the Browns, and the Chiefs. There are going to be a lot of teams that are going to have to contend with the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. And as it sits now as the number one seed, the Titans will be the only team that gets a bye in this playoff format. Um, so, really, right now, again, for Mike Vrabel and this team, they just need to be smart with the ball. They need to, Tannenhill and company need to take care of the ball on offense. Uh, and just continue to lean on that defense. They're a little bit like the New Orleans Saints in that sense. They've got a good defense. Um, you know, they just need to lean on that defense and and help grind out some games. Um, and I think the Titans can be in in good shape. Um, and and I think you know, if not the number one seed, they're definitely I think already it's it's pretty much a lock. They're gonna have a high seed in the AFC. And this is a team that we just really never spent a lot of time talking about. And and I think. On Sunday night, um, they opened a lot of eyes, especially without Derrick Henry. A, A lot of people wrote this team off when Derrick Henry went out with an injury. And, you know, depending on how long of a playoff run the Titans are able to make, who knows? You know, we don't know. That's the thing about Derrick Henry. We don't know if Derrick Henry is gone for the season yet. But if he's not, and somehow the Titans can make it far enough into the playoff run where they can get Derrick Henry back, that would also be huge. That's also why the bye is important, because that gives you an extra week of rest, an extra opportunity to maybe get Henry back. We don't know that for sure yet. Um, You know, I'm going to lean towards the fact that he's gone for the season. I think Tennessee should also play in that mindset that he's gone for the season. If you get him back before then, then great, but I wouldn't count on it. But um, again, I just... We need to pay attention to the Tennessee Titans. We haven't. And uh, they have kind of opened our eyes this past Sunday. And uh, I'll be interested to see where this team goes over the next couple of games. Again, they've got New Orleans this week. Uh, then after that, it's a very winnable schedule. The, the Steelers and the 49ers are the only possible roadblocks left. And this team is winning, winning a uh, is riding a five-game winning streak right now so you know let's see if they can keep pushing this forward let's see how far they can take this winning streak so as much as i really don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this i need to spend some time talking about it and that of course is the big news of the week where essentially the quarterback for the green bay packers aaron Rodgers, if you're unfamiliar with him well this week he went ahead and proved to the rest of the world something that i already felt or or, kind of, uh, I'd even dare say, new. Um, and that is that Aaron Rodgers is a smug, arrogant dipshit. And it was personified and brought to fruition by his actions that came to light this week. Um, this has always been my feeling, my impression. Of Aaron Rodgers over the years, Um, he's always been smug. He's always been uh, somewhat of an a-hole, and just difficult. Always seems difficult to deal with in the media, with his team. Just um, you know, always, always quick to blame everybody else and not kind of, kind of look at himself. That's always been the, um, the mode for old Captain douchebag over there in Green Bay and the people in Green Bay are the only ones who placate him and, and buy into this and, and they've made they've made a monster out of him um so what happened basically let, let's backtrack and before before we get into this because I, I know it's gonna come and there's gonna be those that that bring up oh I'm just sour about him not being vaccinated uh, let me tell you something Aaron Rodgers has the right And the choice to not be vaccinated. 100%. He has that freedom. He has that right. My issue and what is so vexing about this situation this past week with Aaron Rodgers is that he didn't even have the balls to stick to his convictions. He didn't even have the balls to stand up there and be a man and say, I am unvaccinated. He instead acted like a coward, like the smug coward that he is, and hid behind semantics and words. And that's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's this, you know, highbrow scholar. Hey, bro, let's remind everybody, you went to Cal. You didn't go to Pepperdine. You didn't go to Harvard. You went to Cal. You're not some super genius. You're a quarterback in the NFL, and Again, this week you proved you're somewhat of a lousy person. And that's where my problem is. You know, people wanted to talk so much shit and still do about Carson Wentz and his stance being unvaccinated as a quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And it is a religious reason. And, you know, his, his father is a pastor. There's so much. There was so much hubbub about Carson Wentz and so much. Uh, so many people had everything to say. You know what? Say what you want. Carson Wentz has been a man since day one. I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. But Carson Wentz has been a man since day one and stood by his convictions. Kyrie Irving. Everybody has so much to say about the Brooklyn Nets point guard. Kyrie Irving. I don't understand Kyrie's stance. And I don't need to understand Kyrie's stance. But Kyrie has been a man. He has stood by the fact that he is unvaccinated for his reasons. And he is dealing what, with what comes with that. And here's my problem with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was deceitful. And he lied. He will tell you he didn't lie. He's going to play, again, Captain Dipshit is going to play his word semantics with you. Because he feels he's more superior and he's higher than you and he feels that he can talk himself around and above fans, he's going to tell you that he never said he wasn't vaccinated. He's going to say that he was immune. He told the league he was immune to COVID-19. He told the the Green Bay Packers he was immune to COVID-19. He told his teammates he was immune to COVID-19. Um, well, you got COVID-19. So how's that immunity going for you, bro? Um, you talk about, you know, you you came out last week after this all happened, you did your little social media tour, you talked about, you know, your good friend, Joe Rogan, you talked about how you've done your research, you petitioned the league earlier this year, which I've got a big problem with the league, and I'll get to that in a little bit. You petitioned the league earlier in the year saying that you were immune to it because you took this medication and you did all this research and and you showed them, what did you say in in your little social media thing, like 500 pages of research um, that you did where, um, you know, you and your medical team, basically Google, you went on Google and, and you came up with your little 500 pages of research and you talked about how You didn't want to be sterile and all these other things. Well, I hate to break it to you, but you've already proved to us you have no balls, so you're probably sterile. Um, And you lied to your team. No matter how you want to spin it, you put your team in a situation where you held them over a barrel. And this is what I'm talking about. He's a shitty human being. I don't care that he's unvaccinated. This is more about the type of human being that Aaron Rodgers is. You put your team over a barrel this year. You held them at ransom. During the offseason. Okay? You knew that you weren't going to be vaccinated. Because apparently you're against it. And you knew that there were protocols. That you needed to follow. To be able to play. The entire season. So you held your team over a barrel. Knowing that potentially. You might not meet those protocols. And knowing that you might have to miss games. That's not cool. And yeah, I'm sure you'll have some teammates that stand up there and defend you and, and everything else. But I'm sure there are going to be those who quietly um, look at you as a POS for doing this because they're out there working hard. And they went out there and they made sure that they're following what they needed to do. They got vaccinated or they're following protocols. And you're not because why? Because you're better, because you're Aaron Rodgers, and you did some research on Google. You did 500 pages of research on Google, and you shouldn't have to wear a mask into a press conference, who who are you? Who do you think you are? A protocol is protocol. You said the other day that you followed most of the protocols. This, this isn't Burger King. This isn't have it your way, Aaron Rodgers. You either follow all the protocols or you don't. So you either did or you didn't. And guess what? You didn't. You didn't. You said the only protocol that you didn't follow was that you didn't wear a mask into press conferences. Well, then you didn't follow protocols. You can't say that you basically followed all the protocols when in the next sentence you say, the only protocol I didn't follow was wearing a mask into a press conference. Do you realize you put people in jeopardy? This is the same reason you're need to. you unvaccinated. You need to wear a mask into the press conference, the same reason why you can't go in to a press conference with a loaded gun and point it at the press because you could harm them. This isn't about you. And it's just amazing to me how arrogant you are and it comes shining through and this is a perfect example. And I just wish you would've went away in the off season. I wish the Green Bay Packers would've had some balls. I wish they would've stood their ground and I wish you just would've went away and retired in the off season. Especially if you knew that you were going to pull this stunt. You played a game last week. Where you probably, at that point already, were positive for COVID. You didn't wear a face mask. You went to a Halloween party. You didn't wear a mask. Like, you put a lot of people at risk. And a lot of people at jeopardy. And I really think the league needs to take action. They won't because right now the league is too busy trying to bury the body still from this whole Washington football team debacle um but the league really needs to pay attention to this because I'll tell you why this is grossly and I can't overstate this enough this is grossly unfair to every other unvaccinated player who followed protocol this is a bunch of bullshit if the league does not take any action. And this is unfair. I think the union needs to get involved. This is unfair to every single other unvaccinated player who has followed every single protocol and done the right thing. There needs to be an example made out of Aaron Rodgers. The league won't do it. And we certainly know Green Bay won't do it. But something needs to be done here. He definitely needs to be fined for every game that he was unvaccinated. And Deceived, if he doesn't like the word lied, deceived, used alternate facts, however you want to phrase it up, Rodgers, that's fine, but you need to be fined for every one of those games, and you realistically should be suspended for eight games. You should be suspended for every game that you deceived the league and your team. You won't be because, again, neither one of them have the balls, but this is grossly unfair to every other unvaccinated player who did the right thing based off of their belief system you know they were put in a situation where they were told to get vaccinated they didn't believe in the vaccination they chose to go through all the 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 hoops and the bells and the whistles that need be to still be eligible whether it be extra tests whether it be wearing a face mask they they have done all the right things I saw it in the game the other night again I'm going to go back to Carson Wentz On Thursday Night Football, they beat the Jets. The game was over. Carson Wentz took his helmet off and within a second had his Colts face mask on over his face. Doing the right thing. And that's all this is about. I don't care that Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated. He has that right. What I'm talking about is doing the right thing. And Aaron Rodgers proved that he is not capable of doing the right thing and that he's in fact a pretty lousy human being. Like when you really start to think about this story, and then when you see his smugness and all his follow up interviews and the 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 thing he did with uh McAfee the other day on friday it it listen i i'm just i'm I'm over this guy, I really want him to go away. I can't wait until they lose in the first round of the playoffs again' because, you know that's bound to happen um but just what an absolute and normally, I don't take such strong opinions on this show, but really just just cowardly cowardly by Aaron Rodgers and he tries to play it off with you know that he's some kind of highbrow scholar it you're not smarter than anybody else in the room buddy you're just a coward all these other guys stood up for what they believed in and did what they needed to do and followed protocol and you thought you were better you thought you were excused you thought you were above that and it really is just comical and I think back to what Marvin said a couple episodes ago how it's really odd that and i hate to make this political but it's really odd that you know the right wing uh hasn't gotten behind Kyrie irving because it seems like that would be something right up their alley he's he's african-american he doesn't want to be vaccinated that seems something that where they could try to pull some attention pull some voters pull some some whatever we've seen a few little flare-ups of some protests outside of brooklyn but nothing really sustained no real support still to Kyrie. you watch you watch They will get behind Aaron Rodgers so damn much that they will wind up building monuments to him because of this BS. And it's just sad. It's sad. It's predictable. um, And I really need the NFL to do something about this, to slap Rodgers on the hand and to slap the Green Bay Packers on the hand as well. Because if the Packers knew about this and did nothing, they're just as much responsible. Um, You know, you have to think about it. He went into press conference after press conference without a mask on. He put people in jeopardy, people who were either on Lambeau Field property or in other stadiums across the NFL, where, again, everybody else is following protocols. I've even worked with people who are not vaccinated, but they followed the protocols. They kept their masks on. They followed social distancing. Like, I... I This is what is just driving me nuts about this story, is the fact that Rogers really thought he was above all this, and I really want people to realize and understand the lousy type of human being that that makes for. And that is what Aaron Rogers is. Today's Random Thought. Both Eddie Murphy and Jack Nicholson auditioned for the role of the Grinch, in How the Grinch Stole Christmas before it was ultimately given to Jim Carrey. And that's today's Random Thought. Alright, here we go. Another edition of Talkin' Shiz about the Lakers because Bron asked us to. And boy, I hate to say I told you so, but so far this season, 10 games in, the Los Angeles Lakers are exactly who I thought they were going to be. Uh, the Lakers are currently sitting at 5-5. Five and five. They are a 500 basketball team. They are 10th in the West, and they trail the teams exactly that I thought they'd be trailing. Um, right now, out West, the Warriors have the best record, followed by the Jazz, Mavericks, Suns, Grizzlies, Kings, Nuggets, Trailblazers, and Clippers. In 10th place is the Los Angeles Lakers at Five and five um i watched them play on saturday night against portland and uh i think they lost that game by like 15 but they they were getting blown out at one point they were down by 30 um no ad he's out with a uh non-covid related illness no lebron james he's out with an abdominal injury um you know, so again, we're already starting to see we're 10 games in and this team can't stay healthy, which was a major concern of mine. We've talked about this a lot. Um, they're going to need to stay healthy and, and we're 10 games in and already they're not healthy. And um, they're just, you know, we, we saw them a couple of weeks ago. They gave up a I th- I think, 26 point lead to the Thunder, and then they they gave up, I think, a 19-point lead, again, for a second time to the Thunder. Um, It's really, in the early goings, it's tough to watch them because it's a lot of things that I expected. So what's happening, let's, let's talk a little bit about how they give up these big leads, right? So they hit the floor, they have fresh legs, they get out to a lead, but then what happens? It's an older roster playing against younger teams. I had warned about this. They're younger teams out west. This is a very interesting tactical move by the Lakers to go older. So they're jumping out to these big leads while their legs are fresh. But then the younger teams are outlasting them, and by third, fourth quarter, the Lakers' legs are dead as a team. They're not moving on defense. They're flat-footed. This team has an atrocious reaction time to rotating out on perimeter shots they will literally stand there and look at the shooter the shooter will pump fake realize that nobody from the lakers has moved and then be like all right if you're not going to respect me then eat this three in your face and that's repeatedly what is happening to them they are not rotating out uh and they're just they're expending too much energy i watched uh in the portland game the other night i watched um Carmelo came down. Carmelo was working really hard to get his shot off. Carmelo got the shot off. He hit the basket. They come back down, and you can tell that Melo is gassed on D. He doesn't rotate properly uh, to the person he's defending, and he lo- I forget who it is from Portland, forgive me, but literally looks, sees that Mello is not going to recover, pump fakes, and then drills a three as Melo is super late to get out there. And it's not just Melo. I know I pick on Melo a lot. It's the entire team. The entire team is god-awful at rotating out on defense. Um, And it's because they're tired. And it's because, again, they they don't have their legs in the third and fourth quarter. And this is going to be problematic for them, especially as you get into the playoffs and you're facing young team after young team after young team. Let's, again... I hate to belabor the point, but let's go back and look at the teams that I mentioned that are in front of them. Um, The Clippers, the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Sun, the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Warriors. Really, with the exception of the Warriors, with all those teams I just mentioned, what do they have in common? Some of the youngest rosters in the league, with some of the youngest superstars in the league on that team. Um, the Lakers, the Warriors are the number one team out West, right? The Warriors look fantastic so far, 7-1. and one. The Warriors have dissected the Lakers the two times they played them. Absolutely, methodically dissected them. The Lakers are not going to stand a chance against the Warriors in the playoffs if things remain as they are. The Lakers have no outside shooting, which is also a huge detriment to them. There is no outside shooting. I was listening to the game the other night and... One of the announcers for the Portland Trailblazers said the Lakers are missing Alex Caruso on both sides of the floor. Yes, I'm not so sure Alex Caruso, but an Alex Caruso type player, absolutely. They're missing it on the defensive end. They're missing that defensive uh, stick new And they're missing the outside shooting that Caruso brought to the floor. The Lakers don't have that right now. The Lakers look... Rough right now, and I'll tell you what exactly is going to happen. The Lakers are sitting at five and five right now. The Lakers are sitting at tenth place in the West. This is going to be indicative of the Lakers unless they make change. The Lakers are going to beat the bad teams, and they are going to get blown out by the good teams. That's exactly how the season is going to go. They will be about a five hundred team, maybe slightly better. They'll maybe make the playoffs. They'll be a bottom tier Western Conference playoff team if they are. Um, and again, they're going to face young teams, and I don't like their chances uh, getting out of the first round. Um, if something doesn't change, and I feel like something has to change for the Lakers, they're going to have to make some kind of change, whether that be seeing if you can find some kind of of, of trade that you can make, or or you can um, sign some type of make some roster move, or or sign somebody who can come in and, and give you some outside shooting, give you a, l- a little bit of punch from the perimeter. Cause right now you have no punch from the perimeter. Um, you know, it's like I said, some nights you're going to get all-star level performances from Dwight Howard. Some nights you're not some nights you're going to get all-star level performances from Carmelo Anthony. Some nights you are not. That's just, that's the barometer of, of what the Lakers are right now. Um, I did see a game, I forget which game it was. Um, but Anthony Davis and Westbrook played really well together on the floor at the same time. Maybe you need to almost take a hockey approach if you're the Lakers, because there's no continuity with this team right now. So maybe you need to look at your personnel, find out who works best. Maybe the best method is not to have everybody on the floor at once in terms of your stars. Maybe, you know, maybe you, you start a, a rotation almost like hockey where you have different lines, and, and maybe you know AD and and, and Wes are on one. Maybe, you know, Braun and Melo are are on another like you and that maybe that will help the team with their legs. Maybe they'll be a little bit fresher come the third and fourth quarter. If you're rotating them out a little bit more, Uh, I think if they stay with the way things are, they're going to need to manage minutes. Um, That's the only way they can try to salvage this, because you're going to have to get fresher legs in the third and fourth quarter. And the only reason, the only way you're going to do that is if you you play some of your stars less in the first and second quarter. Um, Because right now, again, we've got a small sampling, a 10-game sampling, they're 5-5. The Lakers are exactly what we thought they would be. And, you know, LeBron wants us to keep that energy up and keep talking about them. Well, at this rate, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy to keep that energy up because it's what we've been saying all summer long so far alright that's going to do it for this edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards I want to thank everybody for joining us this week and encourage you to come on back next week and until then remember tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes, stay positive, test negative, do what you know is right regardless of the choices others make say I love you, stay safe Stay healthy and be kind to one another. Don't count the days. Make the days count. Remember to look down the side streets because that's where the best stories are. And when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Thanks for listening to my dad's show.